everyone, I'm Ari, here with Rachel, and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer Podcast. This week, we're on episode 167, and we're asking our guest, Justine Manzano, how do you create a strong antagonist? Before we dive into the topic, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening, if you haven't already. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with friends and feel free to write a review. Now, please help us welcome author Justine Manzano to the show. Justine, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It's great to have you. Hi, I'm uh, super happy to be joining you. I've been listening for a while, so it's really exciting to actually be on. Oh, thanks for listening to us. That means so much to us when like some of our guests come on and they're like, yeah, we actually listen to the podcast. It's like, really? You care what we have to say? That's awesome. Awesome things to say. <laughs> thing is, we have we know we have people who listen because we see the counter going up and we have subscribers. But when anyone ever says we listen, it's like, really? It's, it's still weird. so surprising. I don't know why. It shouldn't be. I mean, this podcast has been running for almost three years now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, I know. <laughs> Well, with that said, it's so awesome to have you here. And this week, we're going to be talking about creating strong antagonists. So we would love for you to tell us a little bit about why you chose this topic. To me, antagonists are really vital to a strong story. Like I love a great antagonist and I think it really gives something very powerful to a story. I think it's as important as a strong protagonist can be. So I have a lot of fun building my antagonists. It's a topic I, I really enjoy chatting about. I have to admit, I was really excited for this topic because I love antagonists and yet they seem to cause such issue with me when I'm writing my stories. It seems to be the, the hardest part to sort of wedge them into the story. And I do end up usually having to wedge them in and then rewrite the story because I haven't thought correctly about them. So when I saw that this was a topic, I was like, yes, I need some antagonist stuff. So with that, let's dive in and ask our first question, how would you define what the antagonist is in a story? Well, basically, it's the character that gets in the way and mucks everything up. So you have your protagonist, your protagonist is going through their life, they're, they're working to do whatever they're trying to accomplish. And your antagonist is the character that blocks your protagonist from what they're trying to do, usually in any way they can possibly manage. I like how you say the antagonist just mucks everything up because I haven't heard that term in a really long time. And that's such a great way to describe it because I think antagonists, obviously, I know we're not necessarily supposed to like the antagonist of stories because they're supposed to screw everything up and make things difficult for the for the protagonist. But they're so much fun. They're so much fun. <laughs> Well, that's because a story can be like, it'll be boring if you have no conflict, right? So, you know, if everyone gets up and get, does whatever they want to every day, and, and then your protagonist is boring, like they're just living life, you have to throw something in the mix to just throw them off their path, give them a challenge that they need to overcome. So with uh, that said, we know that we have the antagonist, which is, you know, more or less the opposite of the protagonist. But there's also like different ways you could create the antagonist. And there's also like, yeah, there are just so many different types of quote unquote bad guys you can have for your story. So my next question is, are there different types of antagonists and what are they? Definitely. So there is the like roadblock character. They're not evil. They're just in the way or they have differing views and where you can can see both sides and you kind of like you're like okay this character is just they're there's not they're not mean they're just opposing and then you have the villain and the villain is just evil or is like really trying to hurt people like there's like you know that's not just an opposing viewpoint this is like dangerous you have the force which is like most people look at this as a force of nature like uh you know people trying to survive on a 
desert island or like that kind of thing where the island is against them in a way. But also it can be like an alien invasion or like, for instance, the movie Cloverfield where there is just, you know, there's this terrifying creature that they're he's causing a racket. He's not doing anything really. Like he's not a person. He's not a character. He's not like, he's just a being that is in the way and is destroying everything in their path. A lot of times like alien invasions, monster movies, those are more like that type, the force of nature that is, is stomping through things. Um, and then there's, you know, the the one where you're your own worst enemy, and that's the the protagonist is getting in their own way and keeping themselves from accomplishing their goals. Usually more of a literary trope than genre, but people use things in very interesting ways, so you never know where you'll encounter them. Yeah, it wasn't until fairly recently, like up until a couple of years ago, that I realized that antagonist and villain are two different things. I always use those terms interchangeably, and I think that's really important to know is that they are actually two separate beings beings, people, whatever you want. And it's also interesting. I, I really like that you added that the antagonist can also be the protagonist themselves, because that's a lot of times of how I write my stories. I usually end up having the antagonist be the protagonist themselves or something or someone that happened in their past that is now coming forward. That's my favorite way to do things. I had my first book was all villain. And my second one, when I sat down, I was like, I want to write a book that is not the person's not a bad guy. They're just a totally different person and causes trouble in that way without meaning to maybe. And, and that's where that's, I think when I realized the big difference between the two, like more than just, you know, you might know it or you might have the vibe of it, but to really be able to like divide them out. That was when, when I was crafting my antagonist for my second book, I realized, oh wait, this person's not a villain. They're not the bad guy. They're just the antagonist. Yeah. And I think that's what the major difference is that the antagonist can be likable from other people. I mean, if you read a book and some people might read the book and actually agree with the antagonist rather than the protagonist. So they might view it that the protagonist is the antagonist. That's my warped way of thinking. <laughs> if you can do that, though, if you can pull that off in a story, you've won. <laughs> you win because it is hard. But I know like a lot of people, though, they, they love the villain. Like they really do. Even the evil one. If you can, well, I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself question wise, but there, there are ways to do that. And it's, it's really an impressive feat when you can pull that off. I have to admit, I also for a while thought that the villain and antagonist was very similar. And when I realized they were separate, it took me a while to realize that it was this kind of conflict. It wasn't just someone who was less bad or difficult to be around. Like, like you said, with the Cloverfield, which I recently watched <laughs> the Cloverfield movie, the fact that the creature running around, spoilers to anyone who hasn't watched it. You should watch it. The creature isn't, it's not, you don't really know it, its motivation. It could just be wandering around trying to get somewhere. It's, I don't think it's out of its way attacking random people, little people, because if you're that big, nobody, you don't really notice little people at the bottom down there, do you? It's like Godzilla wandering around. You're not really focusing on something that's as small as ants under your feet. And it never occurred to me when I first started writing that it was just conflict and as you, as you said, like roadblock characters that just gets in the way and that they don't have to be people characters. They can be other things. They can be monsters. They can be situations that can become this kind of antagonistic situation. And I think I think there's a lot of writers who probably don't realise that the antagonist and the villain 
villain are not always the same. They can be, but they're not always the same. And I think once you learn that, you open yourself up to a lot more possibilities to your stories because otherwise it's just like, damn it, I need a villain. I need someone evil that people are going to hate. What can they do? Whereas you're thinking some, some stories really don't need a villain. They don't really need someone evil sweeping in with a black cloak, causing ruckus in that way. It could just be one guy in the group on your quest who keeps fucking up, making a big mess, not reading the map, things like that, that just keeps distracting and making a mess of the situation. So yeah, I was, when I found out that, that it could be, it did make me think, oh, maybe I don't have to constantly try and shoehorn villains into stories that don't really need villains. Still struggle with the antagonist. Yeah, I think that it's, I think a lot of authors do that without even realizing sometimes, like especially newer authors, like we just do it and then realize after the fact that we've been doing this for like a while and, and we were like, oh yeah, I had, I do have like a villain. I have a villain, but I also have these like minor antagonists in my story or things like that that don't stand out initially when, when we're writing, I think when we're first like learning craft and things. But like when you look back on your old work, you can sort of like pluck them out. Like, oh, right, this person always got in the way of this person. Like, I have one character in one of my stories that is just like a general pain in the butt every time something needs to get done. Now, there is still a villain, like an actual villain, but they're like smaller antagonists that just always kind of butt heads with my protagonist. But I didn't realize I was doing that when I did it. It just felt natural for the characters. And I think a lot of us do that where we just sort of, I think that's true with like outlining and stuff too, like, or like when you're trying to figure out your writing beats. I think a lot of them us hit those beats because we know story, but we don't realize we're hitting those beats. They're like little happy accidents because I do that too. And I think that's why in a lot of my books, the antagonist is the protagonist or something else, because I would try to, like Ari, I would try to force villains into my stories because I thought that's what I needed to create the conflict and stuff. And then somewhere down the line, I was like, wait a second, there's the external conflict and then internal conflict. And they're so, they're not interchangeable, but you know, they go hand in hand with each other. Ari, I have a question for you. Yeah, don't give me that look. Which one of us is the antagonist of this podcast? <laughs> Let us know your answers in the comments below. <laughs> I'm probably going to go with me because I came on late. I was not prepared. No, no. I fucked up straight in the beginning. So <laughs> I feel like I am slowing this podcast down. Well, I didn't mean this particular episode. We, I oh, could say right. that Just... for me too. <laughs> Just a... I was going to say that's this episode, but in general, who would you say? <laughs> This is the second time that Rachel has asked a question that we probably don't want the answer to, to our listeners. So It's engaging, Ari. No, no, it's not. <laughs> I feel like there's no way you can answer this right that won't get someone in trouble. <laughs> no, I know, I know. That's the funny thing. Oh, man. Ari, I'll let you continue. Go for it. Just quickly going back to that, one of the things I always think is you don't always notice you've got an antagonist. Like you said, sometimes you look back and then you're going, oh my God, that guy. I think when you start making sure you have motivations for all your characters, including side characters, that's when it starts to dawn on you. I remember reading a book where it was like, you know, we had a very obvious villain and there was like lots of groups of people that kind of branched off. And there was one character and they were part of the group, totally worked. And only after like learning and rereading re it, I realized because he had his own motivation. He was like, yes, I'll hang with you. We'll go after the bad guy but he wanted to do something also that was specifically to himself very selfish goal and he would wander off and do stuff to help himself and it would have negative impact on others but he didn't do it on purpose but that was the first time I acknowledged like that's what an antagonist is oh and I think once you start spotting it it makes it easier if you spot it in other people's work it can be easier to spot it in your own work I agree with you 
Always nice to hear. So with that, let's go on to our next question. How important is the antagonist in a story? I think this goes back to kind of like what I was saying early on, where you need your character to have to go through things. And if your character isn't going through anything, then they're a boring character. Like, I don't want to read about you waking up in the morning and going and, and brushing your teeth and going to work and like having a normal day. Like, that's not the kind of book that I'm like eager to read. What I want to read is how you're going to deal with that that person that's like cut you off in the road and well, the accident you got into and how that affects you or things like that. Like things that make your your character show who they are. And those conflict are really what, what drive a story forward and what interests the reader. Like you're not, when you're reading the back of a book, you're not, you're looking for that. What if this happens? How are they going to react moment when you're reading the back of the book? So for me, it's essential to have antagonistic storylines or antagonistic characters to make that conflict happen. And so it's to me, it's as as important as a protagonist, like you need that other side of things to get in the way of your protagonist. So when you're writing your story, and you're throwing a bit of conflict at your protagonist, that's the time you want to be thinking about where is the conflict coming from? Who is driving it? Why are they driving it? And kind of, I assume that's the best. I mean, I don't know. As I think about this, how I write mine is very just slipshod and it happens. <laughs> but I think if we're talking about new writers, younger writers who are probably thinking, okay, yeah, I need an antagonist. I need to think about this kind of opposing force. I'm going to throw an extra question. When is the best time to sort of like think about adding or working out your antagonist to me it's plotting now everybody's different so i know there's the plotters and the pantsers and i'm a big plotter so i i usually come up with my stuff like before i start writing but i feel like for me my like outline phase or my phase zero is a lot of pantsers first draft in the same way where we're just sort of figuring it out as we go it's not that different but for me i feel like the first thing i think about is where i want my character to start and where i want them to end and once i know that then i get an idea of of some of the stuff that needs to get in their way but reverse crafting that from there becomes okay what kind of person would create or what kind of situation would create that if i know that they have to get over a b or c roadblock to get to the end then what character would be the type of person that would throw up these blocks in their way and then from there you start to go well why and who is this person and what are you know not only what are their motivations but a lot of different traits that you you when you're rounding out your character because i feel like you you know, there's the protagonist and the antagonist, and then there are like side characters, and then there are like the really background 2D characters that you don't really give much to. But I feel like those two characters really do need the most planning and the most, the biggest deep dive into their motivations and what they need. So you can understand why they're doing, why are they in the way of the pro protagonist? Like, what is their reason for being there? So yeah, so you're, what you're thinking is while you're creating and building on the protagonist, you need to be putting almost like the same level into the antagonist as well and not just going, well, the side characters and we'll pick one later. It's like, build them up and then if they're, even if they are a side character, they're an intense side character kind of thing. Right. Perfect. Thank Right. I feel like almost in a way you could probably say that the antagonist is supposed to help the protagonist get to the end goal, but they're also supposed to challenge them along the way. So they're the one dropping the breadcrumbs, but they're also like, here's a little bit of breadcrumb. I'm actually going to toss it over there and see what happens. There's a breadcrumb. Like, when you go to pick it up, I'm going to trip you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like they're the little shit of the novel. Exactly. <laughs> 
So, all right, aside from being a little shit, what other traits should a strong protagonist have, whether it's positive or negative? Well, okay, so different people have different opinions on this. I'm one of those people who believes that the antagonist should be the hero of their own story. They have their own goal they're trying to accomplish. And to them, the protagonist is the one getting in their way. And so I really do feel that they need all the things that you give a protagonist. They need, they have needs, they have wants, they have emotions and personality quirks and good and bad things. Like I feel like every bad character ha- still has something or every antagonistic character still has something that they love. You know, unless you're dealing with a full on like psychopath, serial killer type of person. But even then, it's like they probably have they have motivations for what they're doing. If you can tap into even if you can't put it in like the main story because your points of view are limited and you can find ways to sneak this stuff in. But in your crafting, when you're designing the character, you should know all of these things. Because I feel like if the more relatable the character is, the better antagonist it will be because it will have you will have those moments of wait, who's right? I'm questioning the protagonist now, or I really don't know if I want the protagonist to beat the antagonist because the antagonist, they're not good, but they, they also, you can see why they're doing what they're doing. And I think that adds like this whole dimension of interest and a conflict within the reader too, when they're reading it, that can be fun to, uh, to, you know, explore. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. And going back to the whole plotter thing, I mean, I'm more of a planter these days, but I do love outlining and plotting my novels out. Would you say that when you plan out your novel, do you like create, if you create character profiles, would you create like an in-depth character profile of your protagonist and then create another in-depth one with your antagonist and just create them equally, but just with opposing views and motivations? I mean, I round them out equally, but I don't want everything that they, I don't want them to just be like a mirror only because they are a mirror to the protagonist. But yeah, you want to make sure that you're building them out to like feel like real people. So if they just disagree with everything that the protagonist does, it's sort of like, oh, she said the sky is blue. Well, it's yellow. (laughs) That, That gets, you know, that can get a little bit like ridiculous, but I feel like, yeah, they should be built out to the same extent. I think that it's really important to, uh, to have strong, to, to have them have strong motivations the way that you have in a protagonist. And I think that that's, that comes from knowing your character deeply. Have you ever written like side short stories or novellas or anything about any of your characters? I have. Uh, Have you (laughs) done so for your antagonist? I actually have not yet. Although I do have a little bit of an origin in like a bit of an origin story, um, not from their point of view, but that that's uh, probably something I'll mention later. Um, I do that when I'm planning. I have a tendency, like one of the things I do when I'm stuck on story or it's like I'm I'm like jammed up in a certain place is I, I pick a character and I go through writing prompts with them and I just sort of plug them into the writing prompt and play with them and write from their point of view so I can get a, a good view of like who they are uh, even if they're side characters like I do that with with a, a little with all of them whenever I feel like I don't really know why a character is doing something I try to get in their head and write from their point of view for a little while just for like throwaway stuff you know nothing serious but sometimes and this sounds silly but sometimes writing what your character would dress up for as ho- like for Halloween can do something surprising where it actually makes you understand a lot of like their their environment and how they look at things and it gives you like a point of view into their head so I tend to play with those in planning or even when I'm like just blocked if I'm writing and things are going well and then I have like this one chapter that's bugging me and I can't figure out why I'll figure out which characters are in it and I'll start doing things like that to try to see if I can find their voice or figure out what their position would be in this to make it feel more organic 
to help boot me out of that block. I think that's a great idea. And I do that once in a while too, especially if I get stuck on my writing. But then the only problem I have with it is when I start writing a writing prompt that's outside of the novel with those characters, then I get new ideas and I'm like, oh, this is another novel. <laughs> that's the only issue I have with it, but it's a lot of fun. But that's where you either go, oh, sequel or side story, or you go, well, this doesn't really work for all of my characters, but I'm going to put this in my in a document somewhere and I might visit this pretty later. <laughs> like, Just add it to my never ending laundry list of books I want to write. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I think do we all have one of those. Like I oh, have yeah. so many files that I'm just like one day, one day. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. We got to keep telling ourselves that. I recently made a list of, of just some of the ones I remembered that I wanted to write. And I'm now counting the years going, I need to have written most of these about four years ago to be on track because I don't, the years in front are, are, are starting to be a lot less than the years behind. And I didn't realize I had that many ideas in my head. So yeah, that's a, that's a sobering thought. <laughs> Doesn't it just make you kind of wish that you had that? Like, because I know for me, it doesn't work this way. I know there are some people who can just like throw out books. Like, they're just like, I don't even know how they do it. Like, you're seeing like every six months, they're like, I'm working on a new project. And you're like, like, it takes me sometimes like a year, year and a half, depending, like not always, but like depending on the book. And I'm watching these people and I'm like, I wish I could do that. Like two, three months and write a book. Like I wish. Yeah. And that's, that's what I think whenever I look at my list of things I have to write. Cause I'm like, yeah, I agree with you. There's not enough time left. <laughs> no, there isn't there really isn't but no especially I, I know not with real life in the way oh, that's it it feels like some people they don't have i was gonna say don't have life that's a bit mean i wasn't saying it like that what i'm saying is you look at some people and i've seen that where like you know you get people online and they're like oh here's my plan it's got like a calendar and it's like write book one and two in january start book three in february start uh, publishing in March. and you're thinking when do you do your chores when do you go grocery shopping when do you do errands do you do you not go to the doctors or the dentist or the vets ever it's like we're and then they're like oh and i've got three kids and it's like are you kidding i don't even have kids <laughs> and my time is so blocked with other things. I just like, seriously, how how are you? When, when have you got time to cook and eat and sleep? <laughs> Maybe they well, don't. I'll hop on that train and say that, I mean, you say it sounds mean to say like, what do you don't have a life? Like I don't have a life and I still have no time to get all of this done. I mean, really? No, it's it's scary. It's scary. And I think if you do start thinking about how many story ideas you have and how much you want to get written. I mean, I, we probably could if we all tried a little bit harder could, to like write a bit more. But obviously, as well as, like I said, if you're a plotter, you have to get that time to get your plotting organized. And I know some people can like plot in a week or a weekend. And it's like, I need about a month to brainstorm and put all the ideas down and then the plotting can take longer and then the writing and then you know let's not even think about editing and all the millions of things after that and research and re true, <laughs> oh. true. so yeah it oh wow this this diverged into something that's just really really depressing <laughs> and now we're all bummed out oh, we'll all write all podcast episodes do that <laughs> I don't know whether to apologize to our audience or not. You know what? We'll, we'll end it on a positive note and just say right. we will get there to as many as we possibly can. Yeah, and, yes, we absolutely will. And and then also, like, if for some reason there's something that I know I'll never have time to write, I'll just, like, email my friend writers and be like, hey, who wants this orphan story? Anyone interested? 
I'm selling it for $15. Who wants it? <laughs> that could be a market. There could be like, you I know, mean... story idea auction. I haven't got this written, but here's a clump of ideas and characters who, you know, going for like $50, $50, going for 60 We could start a business. We really could. The, the whole outline is extra. Ooh, you know? I like this. I like this. <laughs> All right, guys, we forget the like podcast. We're podcast. starting our own business. <laughs> yeah, we meet for a podcast and now we have a business. Like, look yes. at that. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. The thing is, I suppose this is why we do the podcast. It is a great excuse for why we don't write. We are podcasting. It takes so much time. But that's not what Obviously. I'm doing. <laughs> Because thing is, writers do get stuck with things and it's it can be difficult. And as I said, we there are people definitely who, you know, won't know the best way of writing an antagonist. They won't understand that antagonist and villain is different. So this is why we do the podcast. We can bring people on and they can share their experience and their knowledge. And hopefully this podcast will be, some, you know, someone will be there going, I didn't know that. Like we were we'll be writing stuff down and maybe they'll be quicker at finishing their novel and move on to the next. <laughs> yes, rooting for them. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But I have to like interject real quick because I just thought of another question for you Justine can I ask do you have a favorite antagonist that you like to write a favorite antagonist of mine in my stories or like a favorite type or do you have a favorite trait that you like to give each of them or something I don't I feel like it depends on the story so like I said I have like mm. a vil real villainy villain in one of my stories um, and or like my series and then I have like a very like antagonist in my standalone that I did just not not a bad person but just a different point of view I think the most important thing is that I I do like to I do tend to now that I think about it make them a little bit how do you explain I'm trying to think of the proper word for snobby I don't know if snobby is the the right word but my antagonists seem to be uh, seem to believe that they know better than everyone else for whatever reason uh different reasons for them but the the belief tends to be that they are a, a, just a little smarter and just have a better handle on where things are going and that usually ends up being the thing that is their their weakness because they they believe they do but they don't <laughs> So something has to happen to, to take them down, right, at the end. And usually it's that arrogance that, uh, that's the word I was looking for. Uh, it's that arrogance that uh, that does that. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one to have. <laughs> we all know people like that as well. You can it's relate relatable. to that. Yeah. It's so relatable. I, I, I have so many people I know, I'm like, yeah, you would fit into that mold really well. Isn't it scary? Like those are our personal antagonists, right? Like yeah. we yeah. all have them. Oh, yeah. I'm going to sneak in then and ask the question, do you have a favorite antagonist from your stories that you like? Yes, this is the best character you really like to write. <laughs> so the I, it's funny because I, I do love the the antagonist who is not wrong, who is not bad in my story. But like Lavinia from my Keys and Guardians story is so very just that kind of love. You love to hate her. Like she is just evil in every kind of. And I, it's not like I didn't want to make her arch villain type but she definitely does do some really horrible things in the belief that she she just knows that this is the way things have to be done just get in line this is you know and her ability to, to go through all these things and walk through them in this very like ethereal I'm just doing the right thing and I don't know what your problem is and everyone who's getting in my way is just they just don't know better and like sort of spanking them for not knowing better is like She's just, she's so much fun to write. And I get a lot of feedback that she's just 
horrible and everyone hates her but like in that you're gonna destroy her in the final book right like kind of like they're just waiting for it um, and that's why they're she's so much fun yeah <laughs> characters scary of me but sure <laughs> oh no that, that's it's the characters you love to hate it's the ones you get excited about with like yeah they're gonna get those yes yes <laughs> Yeah, she definitely sounds like a treat, but I oh. I think those are some of the most fun characters for us to write because we know it's wrong. We know it it may not necessarily be a real, realistic, but we could just have fun with it and play around with those what if thoughts. Yeah, it's nothing you'd ever do. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like a lot of tapping into a villain is doing the things that you find you would find horrible in anyone else. You don't want to hang out with these people, but they are like really good at messing things up, and that's what makes them fun to to look into. It's diabolical. <laughs> exactly. Okay, I think with that we will wrap up this episode. It's been absolutely wonderful having you on. Before you go, we would love to if you would share something about yourself with our listeners. Do a little bit of plug-in. Go for it. Sure. So I am a geeky author of the Geeky YA series, Keys and Guardians, and a geeky YA standalone novel, Never Say Never, known as a professional life ruiner by antagonist, which is why I wanted to talk about antagonists so much. I enjoy doing fiction that is tough on the outside but sweet on the inside so an m&m or a hard candy with a gooey center with plenty of snass or snass sass <laughs> sass and snark a freelance editor too so i also serve as the editor in residence at right high and i live in bronx new york with my husband teenage son and my chaotic puppy you can find me on at justinemanzano.com or all the usual social media haunts and if you can't find me, I'm off reading fan fiction. So I'll be back soon. My most recent release, and just before I, I run off, I want to talk about this really fast, is my novella Fuel and Fire, which is a prequel to my Keys and Guardians series and shows the beginnings of the battle between my main character's father, which ends up falling onto her, and future villain of my stories. So, um, which is why I started to sort of mention that I do show her a little in one of my side stories. This is where I dive into how she became became the way she became. So that should be coming out. It, it, well, it, it came out, I believe, at the time we aired this, it will come out on March 15th. So looking forward to hearing what people have to say about that. That is brilliant. I have to admit, I love novellas and prequels and, and like spin-offs, bonus little like mini stories. Whenever I read a series, I get really excited when I find the author's done this like little extra bits. It's like, oh yes, it just keeps going. So that is great. And obviously all the links and descriptions and everything, you know, connected with your stories and your websites and everything will all be in the description below. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a treat and I'm sure we'll be able to coax you back on again sometime in the future. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> that's it now we've got your your email we know you we'll just test you until you come back on again it's fine i love it <laughs> so in the Thank meantime you for having me oh no it, it was absolutely lovely seriously it's been lovely in the meantime we'll turn it over to you guys let us know some of your favorite antagonists put them in the comments we'll have a quick chat about it and remember we release new episodes every wednesday next week we'll be discussing if religion should be included in your character's profile to ensure you don't miss it hit the subscribe button on your way out and as always thank you for listening to the mary Ride podcast see you next week this podcast is brought to you by scribbled notes our handwriting is awful the music titled inspired is by kevin mcleod licensed under creative commons 4.0